0: Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph, discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. Welcome back to Vital Life Connection, and I'm Oren, and we are talking to Chad. This has been a fascinating interview with Chad, and Chad, we have gone through quite a journey from the horror diagnostics to more of a clarification from your doctor, telling your family, telling your friends, you and your wife having to handle all of this. And so now you've got a treatment, a kind of a treatment plan, at least a glimmer in the dark night, a light where your doctor had pretty much said, you know what, we can beat this. You didn't believe him 100%, neither did your wife, but I'm sure that that was something that you latched onto as early and as quickly as possible, because you had already said that you were going to be fighting this thing and giving it to you all, because you weren't going to let this thing beat you. So they lay out your diagnosis, but they also lay out your treatment. And of course, through this whole process, you've also got family and friends that are by you, I'm sure, that are encouraging you, which I'm sure is an incredibly important part. So if you are listening here today, and I'm sure Chad will mention this, if you're listening and you might not be the one with the diagnosis, but you have family, friends, or someone going through the similar thing, you are an important part. Tell me, how, how important are all these other people around you as you were going through this treatment and going through this process,
1: Chad? Whenever, whenever somebody has any kind of tragedy in their life, a lot of people will, will reach out to them or you know, post on their Facebook page that you know they've got Thoughts and prayers for somebody. or They're praying for your, their family. And we, we kind of take on a little bit of cynicism with that, I think. But that's, that's not, whenever you're going through it, that's not how you see it. If somebody's praying for you, if somebody's just reaching out and making that emotional connection, that's what keeps you going. Because mm-hmm. there are days. There are days whenever you want to give up. You can't be strong 100% of the time. Wow. There are days whenever you realize you're not doing it for yourself, that you can't do it for yourself. And then your phone rings or you get a text from a friend and they're just saying, hey, just checking in on you. Just just seeing how things are going, making sure you're OK. Do you need anything? Mm. And it's things like that that really, really push you. I've actually got a story that goes with this. Um, my wife was at the grocery store and this was this was early on after I started my chemotherapy. And I'm at home and I'm just, I'm beyond exhausted. And my wife goes to the grocery store and she's got the cart loaded up with all these, you know, the insurers that have high protein, high everything. And she's got these, you know, meals ready to eat and and everything ready to go. Like she's really stocking up to take care of me. And there's a woman in line behind her. And she looks over, she goes, are you having to take care of a family member? And she turns around, she goes, yeah, I'm actually having to take care of my, of my husband. She goes, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, is he okay? And she goes, well, you know, we found out that he has, he has cancer and he's going through chemotherapy and I'm trying to get this to help with his recovery. And the woman just stopped and looked at her. She goes, well, here, let me help out. Here's $20. She's like, I can't, I can't take this. She goes, no, I don't know you. I don't know your husband, but if anybody's going through anything like that, I want to be part of the solution. So here, Mm. let me help. And you know, they, they say that, you know, that a church isn't a building. A church is the people. Yes. And that's whenever you see it. It's not it's not four walls. It's no. the church is outside. The church is the people that you see every day. It's those acts of human kindness that really come to you and speak to you. And those mm-hmm. are the things that matter.
0: And I love our God, you know, and the church is the people and how God can use that because though that lady did that. And be it that she was a Christian or not, God can use people in the times that we need them most to reach out and touch us. Because that's how he he does his thing. You know, it's not always that lightning bolt from heaven that might come down, but he uses people. And you know, that's why I want to encourage people today who's listening to this: is that as you hear Chad, be his arms, be his legs. Even if you don't believe in him, that's not an issue. Just reach out and. You know, don't be afraid to reach out and be that person. They, they might be needing you that moment r- right there and then because you don't know. And uh, I think when we don't, it's, it's a little bit of selfishness when we don't reach out. You know, I've got my own issues. I've got my own life. No, reach out. Yeah. And you've, you've, been an exper- you've experienced that, I'm sure. Um, that, that's probably one of many stories that you probably could tell me about that happening.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, the, the amount of people that reached out to me, the amount of people that, that chipped in to help, I mean, as ridiculous as it sounds, even having a, a GoFundMe page to cover some of the expenses, complete strangers, people I'd never met before, donating $5 just because they, they want to be a part of the solution and to let you know that someone out there does care for you. Mm. Those things, they keep you going. That's what, that's what drives your spirit. That's where your energy comes from. The one thing, as I, as I went through this whole process, and I still get grief about it every now and then, is I never stopped working. I would, I would sit there, hooked up to machines, cords coming in, pumping chemicals into me with chemotherapy, and a nurse at my side, and I'd have my laptop just working. And <laughs> someone goes, how can you work during this? Your boss must be a slave driver. I said, no, I'm keeping my mind positive. If I If I step away from this, I'm setting the expectation I'm not coming back to it. And... Yeah having that expectation that life is still there, people, people are still there. There's more than what you're going through. That level of positivity helps, you know, wow. knowing that there's a life on the other side of treatment. Re- people still asking you to go out, hey, whenever all this is done, you want to go out and have dinner? Yeah, I'd like to do that. Having something to look forward to, having those little bits of reality, that, that helps out more than you know.
0: Well, that's, that's a, such a powerful little point there, Chad. I just want to kind of hone in on that, because when you're in a situation like that, it could be quite, it's so easy for you to almost be removed from life, be put on a, the backburn or put aside everybody probably treating many people, not everybody, but people treating you with kipped gloves, people being very careful what they say around you, walking on glass shards, uh, you know, I mean, walking, you know, just being like, as if they're walking on glass, just being very careful and you could almost be removed from life and I, I love what you're saying is you had to be intentional to stay within the within life's flow because I think as you said one of the worst things you could do is remove from life's flow because then there's really nothing to look forward to nothing really to you know keep yourself focused on what is important so you know for people out there What are some of the things they could do to make sure that they don't feel like they're being sidelined at this point in life when they're going through these treatments and so on? One of them, obviously, is is keep your mind active. Is there anything else that they could be doing to make sure they're not sidelined, pushed aside? Not, you know, it's not like people are wanting to push them aside. It's just it's part of the process of, well, this person's going through something terrible we want to treat, we want to put them in a, in a bubble, you know, to yeah. pick
1: them. The, the one thing that I'll say to that is don't be afraid to talk to people. And no, nobody's going to want to hurt your feelings. Nobody's going to, to want to say something offensive to you. You know, people try to be very aware that you're going through something and they want you to set the boundaries, you know, set them quickly. Talk to people, be, be open about what you're going through. It was, being closed off to what I was going through is what got me here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, having that sense that now I'm going to be shut away and that my problems don't matter. That's what pulled me away. Being able to freely talk to people, being able to let people see what I'm going through, being able to let them be a part of it is what makes a difference. If you, mm-hmm. if you push people away, eventually people get tired of being pushed away. They'll reach a handout. They'll give you that olive branch every now and then. And you have to, you have to grab it. You know, the onus is on you sometimes, and it can be challenging. You know, there there were a few people that reached out to me to see how I was doing. There were people I don't even like, <laughs> and then hopefully that wasn't know, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say, you know, a few months later, here I am on your show, but <laughs> but no, I mean, there there are people that whenever they hear you're going through something, you know, they they want to know what's going on. There are people that you don't realize how much they care about you. Mm. There are people that you don't, you don't realize how much of an importance you have on their life. And then whenever you make yourself open to receiving, more people are open to giving. Mm. And it's that receiving aspect that I think we really, we really close off, close off on. I mean, one easy, easy thing to say about this. And this is, I guess one of the lessons that I've learned that I'd I'd like to talk to you about is how often do we really say, I love you and who do we say it to? Mm. You know, we probably have a lot of people in our life that we do love, that we do care about, that if something were to happen to them, we would want them to know how we feel, but we wait until something bad happens before we feel like it's okay. Yes. And that, that doesn't really make, that makes sense, does it? No. Shouldn't we share in the good times instead of just trying to, to be there during the bad times? Shouldn't we give our love, give our support, lift others up when they're already high up and just lift them higher? So I think kind of that responsibility that we have and that that good nature that we can all share with each other is is one of the biggest things that I, I took away from all this. Wow. And we are
0: definitely, we're going to hone in on that uh, next uh, next episode. Just to, and I don't know why this question came to me, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Just thinking about your daughter in this, Sophia, I'm sh- maybe I'm kind of overstepping the boundary here and making assumptions and you know what assumptions do, but I would assume that she was just kind of knowing was a little strength for you in this whole time as well. And I'm sure there were some gems that came out of her mouth and, you know, seeing her daddy connected to tubes and all sorts of, I'm sure she saw you in those situations. How much of a strength was that little eight year old in that house for you as a daddy?
1: I will say, you know, she she accepted what was happening, and she had a lot of questions, and we answered every question truthfully. You kids are good at figuring out the truth. You can't yes. if you lie to them, they'll find out. So it's best just to be upfront with them. And two things that she did: one of them she did intentionally, and the other thing she did accidentally. One of the things that she did is she made these little rings, little paper rings that interlocked, and each ring on the inside of it she wrote a positive message. And she made a whole chain of them. And every time I would come back from the chemotherapy, I could tear one off, open it up, and read the message she had written to me. Uh, because she knew that that was important, that I, I understood how she felt. But one day, she completely took me off guard. She had her school notebook there. And I started, this was at the end of the school year. She brought all of her school supplies home. And I'm just flipping through her notebook. And it's drawings that she did and its little pictures and its notes that she took in class and then i turned it to one page and she wrote a note on there that said dear god please help my daddy get better i love him uh-huh. and i looked at i go "Sophia, did, did did you write this for a reason and she looked at it she goes yeah that's what i was feeling that day she goes our teacher wants us to write our feelings in the morning and that's that's all i could think about mm. and I realized, you know, we, we know we're important to our kids. We know that our kids love us. We know that we're the cornerstone of their life. But we don't realize that we are everything to them. And that, that the level of importance right. they give us. <laughs> yeah. No, they will forgive us for anything. And knowing how, how she felt and that, that she was thinking about it throughout the day, that made me go, okay, no matter what. I'm here for this kid. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't care what happens. And, and yes, there were, um, there were some setbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm here today talking to you, but it's, it, this wasn't an easy journey to get here.
0: Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook, at facebook.com slash oren rudolph